into the lesson this evening as as we move along here in a moment. Albert called me a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure. Maybe it was a week ago. And uh, I said, well, three things I want you to do. And uh, one of them was to preach tonight. And not just to preach, but he said, I want you to preach on the story uh, that uh, we have been studying. Now, I know that you have been spoiled lately. Uh, and I recognize that uh, uh, you have grown accustomed to the great preaching that Philip's been doing. Uh, I'm not trying to take his place tonight, but bear with me as we study together tonight, and I think we'll have something that maybe will be profitable to us. The story. It's a great story that we're studying, and I hope you're enjoying it, and I hope you're you're looking into it carefully as we, as we study each day. And I think that probably one of the things that you're already picking up on is the fact that there are many stories within the big story. And uh, we have been looking at those stories uh, from week to week, and we're in week seven now. But reflect back with me just for a little bit. We spent a little time the first week studying uh, about God's creation. Uh, and uh, in a very few chapters, uh, he covered there the first 1,500 or so years of a man's existence here. Uh, and then soon after the flood, soon after the flood, uh, we saw as we studied in the second one where God was starting a journey, starting a story uh, of building a great nation. And uh, we saw Abraham as he was called from the Ur of the Chaldees and how he was told to go into a place where he did not know, where he had never been before uh, for the purpose uh, of pleasing and serving God and starting the building process of a nation uh, that ultimately uh, would uh, be uh, uh, referred to in various ways, the Jewish nation, the Hebrew nation, the Israelite uh, nation, uh, however you prefer to speak of that. And as God spoke to Abraham, he made unto him some promises. We usually refer to it as a promise, but there were multiple facets to the promise uh, that God made to Abraham. He promised him uh, that he would make a great nation out of him out of the people that would be his descendants. He promised that he would give them a land grant, so to speak, a country, a land which would be their own. And in tonight's lesson, we're going to look briefly at them going in to possess that land that had been promised to them almost 600 years prior to the lesson that we're going to be looking at this evening. And so it is a story within the story uh, that we're going to see brought to at least a portion of its uh, of conclusion tonight with the occupying of the land of Canaan. Roy sung about the land of Canaan. The songs that he was singing there were referring to the land of Canaan as a type of heaven. 
a type of that that we're striving for, that we're longing for. The journey to the promised land, the journey to Canaan, was about a 600-year-long journey. Uh, the children of Israel uh, went through a lot of experiences and we looked at them in some of the things concerning this story. The story tonight is from the book of, De uh, of Joshua. Uh, it is uh, taken from various verses that uh, were pulled out and put in to give us the highlight, give us an insight to what the story there really is is talking about and what is there uh, for our learning. I'm not going to be able to cover all of the book of Joshua in the lesson tonight, but I have four areas that I want us to take a look at uh, that were very important in the conquest, the taking uh, of the land of Canaan. Now Moses had just died. Joshua now has assumed the leadership of, of uh, the children of Israel. Uh, a great task was before him and that was to conquer the land, to take the land, and to divide the land among the people for their inheritance. But as, God, as, as Moses was preparing for the death that he knew was imminent, he called Joshua to him and he talked to him and he told him several things. Some of the things that I want us to look at uh, were, were spoken in, in that conversation uh, that Moses and Joshua had recorded in the latter part of the book of Deuteronomy. But I think it's profitable for us today. I think it's good for us uh, to look at some of these things that, that Moses told Joshua. And I think it's proper for us to make application of them even in our lives today. And so as we look at the battle, and the battle is beginning now, uh, I want us to notice something that was said very early on uh, by Moses unto, uh, unto Joshua and repeated even by God as he spoke with Joshua concerning this great assignment. And he said, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Now, if you read the lesson this morning, and if you look through the book of Joshua, that phrase is used oftentimes. It's used many times as, as this story unfolds within the big story here uh, concerning the taking of the land of Canaan. Why would, why would Joshua be told to be strong and courageous? Well, there was a great, uh, of course, there was a great battle ahead. Uh, there was a great task to be performed. And, and one of the reasons that I believe that uh, he was needing the, the courage and he was needing to be strong was to avoid the fear uh, that oftentimes overwhelms man when he begins a new battle, when he begins a new journey, when he begins a new endeavor in life today. And so very quickly, if you're reading the story there, one of the things that you saw concerning this subject was they were instructed to not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, fear is something that uh, many times overwhelms us, isn't it? And fear is something that oftentimes defeats us in life. It matters not whether it's concerning the, our faith, whether it's concerning our job that we're doing from day to day, concerning our relationship uh, that we have with other people, even in our homes sometimes. We allow fear uh, to become so dominant that it defeats us in the task that we are trying to accomplish. It could very easily have defeated the children of Israel. It could very easily have overwhelmed Joshua. Uh, 
Uh, but God warned him up front. He said, don't be afraid. And he went on to give him reason not to be afraid. He said, this is not a task that belongs to you. It's a task that belongs to me. That is God speaking. This was God's job. This was God's uh, task. God was going to give the children of Israel the land of Canaan. He was going to literally give it to them uh, as, uh, as we would give a gift unto someone today. And he had been promising that for uh, a long time. And uh, the children of Israel had uh, taken kind of a, well, uh, a, a less than serious attitude toward it. And they had already brought on a great deal of problems for themselves by their disobedience and by their fear. The, the ten spies that went into the land of Canaan about 40 years before the events of this lesson uh, came back with fear in their hearts. They came back afraid of the people that were there. And they were afraid because they had laid aside God's promises to them that He would be there and He would fight for them. Many times today we are overcome by fear because we fail to recognize God's promise to be with us today. God has promised us that He will be there and that He will be by our side as we go about the task that He has assigned us today. Another reason uh, that Joshua was told to be uh, strong and to be courageous is the battle was going to be long and the battle was going to be hard. It was not going to be an overnight fight. It was not going to be a month-long battle. It was going to last about eight years in the conquest. That is, uh, the uh, well, it wasn't the complete conquest, but uh, until the time came that the children of Israel could sit down and rest for a while. World War II didn't last eight years. None of the wars that you and I have, uh, have, have uh, been associated with, maybe exception of the uh, Vietnam War, have uh, lasted longer than that. Uh, we're not accustomed uh, to wars lasting long, but this one was going to be a long one. He needed to have the courage to endure. He needed to have the strength to endure. We need the strength to endure today when we begin the battle, don't we? The battle, the battle of the Christian life is, is one that is not always easy. It's one that is, and many times, in fact, very hard. And it's one that's certainly going to be long for most of us. And therefore we need to be strong and we need to be courageous. We need to not have fear to overwhelm us, but we need to have faith to sustain us that we might go forward uh, with the help of God and that we might be able to uh, complete the battle, to complete the task that is out there. Another thing that God told uh, Joshua here concerning this that, that helped him in this battle uh, being strong and being courageous, he, he said, uh, I'll never forsake you. He said, I'll never forsake you. I'll be by your side all the time. Think about the battle that was about to begin now. Think about the task that was before Joshua. Many strong armies among the peoples of the land of Canaan. He was going to face uh, uh, many, many different armies there that were far better equipped materially to fight than was his army. He was going to fight people who had been entrenched in their homeland all of their lives, who had purpose for fighting, who had purpose for staying where they were. 
And so the battle was going to be not only long and hard, uh, but uh, the battle was going to be trying uh, to them. But Jesus, God said, I'll never forsake you. I'll always be by your side. Why do we forget God sometimes? Why do we not remember that God has promised us that He'll always be by our side, that He'll always be there to, to take our hand and to lead us and to fight with us as we fight the battle of life today? But another area that I wanted us to think about and uh, as, they, as they made this conquest of the land, uh, Moses was talking uh, to Joshua, encouraging him, giving him some instruction. God intervened and talked to, to Joshua and told him some things uh, concerning uh, what he needed to be prepared for and what he uh, needed to be prepared to do. And he told him uh, to be careful to obey the law. Be careful to obey the law. Well, he elaborated a little more on it there, but in order to get the, uh, on, the on the slide here, I, I cut it down that bit. But be careful to obey the law of the Lord uh, that, uh, that had been given to them. Now, 40 years prior to this, they had been encamped at Sinai. Uh, Moses had gone up into the mountain and had received the Ten Commandments. He'd received a lot of other instruction and a lot of other commandments. And those commandments and those laws had been written down in the book. And uh, they were familiar with those laws and they were familiar with those commandments and those precepts that had been set forth. God has always demanded obedience. God has always demanded obedience. We live in a time today, we live in a time today when the religious world round about us is trying to say that obedience is really not that important. It's not really important as to whether you do the things that God commanded, but it's important whether your heart's right. Let me tell you something, brethren, your heart can't be right with God without knowing His law and without obeying His law. And that's what God was telling Joshua here long, long ago. Now, why would He tell him that? Well, it was important to God. And it's important to God today that we obey the laws that God has set forth in His Word. He gave him some other instruction concerning. He said, meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night. Why would he tell him that? Well, if you don't know the law, then you can't obey the law. If you don't study the law, you don't know what the law says. And so therefore it was important for those people to meditate upon the law that God had given to them. But it's equally important today that you and I meditate upon the law that God has given to us. Therefore, we need to study God's Word. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, handling a right or rightly dividing the Word of truth. We need to be students of God's Word today in order that we might carry out the laws uh, that God has given. The laws that God gave back in that day were very specific. Go back with me, if you will, to Sinai. And there God was giving the law concerning the construction of the tabernacle.
And he described each piece of the furnishings that were to go in the tabernacle and the tent structure that was to make up the tabernacle. And he gave very specific instructions as to how the people were to carry out the instruction, uh, how they were to build the tabernacle. God's laws have always been specific. God's laws have always told us what God wants us to do. And therefore we need to know the law of God. We need to know the will of God. And we need to follow it. And he gave further instruction as he uh, talked about obeying the law. He said, do not turn to the right or to the left. God's never been happy with extremes. God's never been pleased. Sometimes today we talk about conservatives and liberals. Is your church a conservative church or is it a liberal church? Well, it better not be either one. It better not be either one. God said, don't turn to the right or to the left. He wanted him to do it down the middle like God had instructed here. And so he says to Joshua, he says to Joshua, you be careful you be careful to obey the law and you be careful to teach the people to obey the law. And he went on and told them that as long as they did that, he would be there. That he would be by their side. That he would be uh, protecting them and he would be fighting for them and he would be making sure that their accomplishments were made in accordance with what he had instructed uh, him to do. Another thought that I had from reading this story and looking at this lesson is that it's probably good to talk about the fact that God's ways are not man's ways. God's ways are not man's ways. I want you to look at a couple of examples in this story here in the book of Joshua that are, are quite different from the way that you would have done it. Quite different from the way uh, that you would have done it. One of the things that the children of Israel had been negligent in for the time that they were wandering in the wilderness was the covenant of circumcision. Uh, but now it was important for them to do that. And so as you see the battle beginning, one of the first things that happened after the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River is that they camped there and they took care of this neglected act. And they circumcised all of the men. It was a mark, it was a mark, a bond between them and God. If you had been establishing a bond between man and God, is that what you would have chosen? Is that the way you would have done it? Probably not a person in the room tonight that would have done it like that. But that's the way God chose to do it. And emphasis was placed throughout the Old Testament writings of the necessity of doing it like God instructed them to do. God's ways are not always man's ways. Soon after they went into the land of promise, soon after they crossed the Jordan River there, had taken care of the problem of circumcision, now they faced the enemy first at Jericho. 
a, a huge city, a, a, a well-fortified city, a city with walls that were, uh, were very strong and uh, could resist almost anything that was thrown against them in the weapons of war of that day. God was leading the battle. What would you have done? What would you have done if you had been the leader in the battle? Well, you probably wouldn't have done it like God did it. God said, march around the city. March around the city one time each day for six days. Doesn't make much sense to me. On the seventh day, march around it seven times. What are you talking about, God? What's going to happen? Well, that was God's plan, and we need to learn to leave it to God. We need to learn to obey, you see. He was teaching obedience, and He was teaching what the results of obedience would be. The children of Israel did as God commanded them. They marched around the walls of the city one time for six days straight. The seventh day they arose early, the Bible said, and they marched around it seven times. They blew the trumpets, they shouted, and the walls fell down. God's ways are not always like man's ways. God sent the children of Israel into the land there to conquer the land. Even in the city of Jericho, He said, I want you to go in and I want you to kill everything that moves within the city. I want you to kill every man and woman. I want you to kill every baby. I want you to kill every child that runs down the street. I want you to kill every animal. Sounds like a cruel God. That's what man would say. I'm not going to stand here before you and tell you I know all of the reasons that God did that. But I know that that was God's will. That was God's way. In fact, there was, there was a violation of something that God had commanded there that Jericho that cost the lives of several of the Israelites later on. It wasn't a big thing in my mind. Somebody took a few of the material possessions. Wasn't God's way. God's way is not man's way. Oftentimes today, we see people, as they take the Word of God and they begin to study the Word of God and they say, I don't understand this. I don't understand why God would require this. Well, here as they took the land of Canaan, God didn't ask them to understand it. All He asked them to do was to obey it. And you know, I don't understand all of God's law and the things that He tells me today. But I do understand God's desire for me to obey it. And so, rather than me arguing about whether it makes sense to me, it doesn't really matter if it makes sense to me. It made sense to God or He would not have put it there. 
And all He's asked me to do is simply to obey Him. So God's ways are not man's ways today. And then finally, I thought it appropriate to look at some of the words of Joshua as he was about to end his life, or that his life was about to end. He didn't take his life. I don't mean to imply that. Joshua realized that his time here was short, that he was going to go the way of all of the earth. He called the people together and he talked to them uh, and he told them that as for he and his house, they were going to serve the Lord. Now, look at the speech just a moment that he gave there. Joshua was saying to those people that, you know, we've got to make a choice. But if you read the book, if you read the story, if you talked about it this morning, Joshua pointed out to the people that every promise that had been made had been fulfilled. He said, every promise God's made you, He's fulfilled it. We could go back and look at some of those promises. The first promise was that He'd bring them to the land of Canaan. He told Abraham that 600 years before this. Uh, but these children of Israel that were there had seen the promises kept in many instances even as they wandered in the wilderness for some 40 years. God has always done He's always done what He's promised His people He would do. You can't go through the pages of the Bible and find a single time that God has failed to keep His promises. God's made us promises today, hasn't He? God's made us promises, exceeding great promises. Promised me a home in heaven that will last for an eternity. I can't even wrap my mind around that. Can't even begin to, to, to even fathom what, it, what eternity is. I measure everything in a few short years. Few of us will reach a hundred years in age in this life. Maybe none of us in here. A hundred years in eternity is not even the snap of your finger. And God's promised me a home in heaven for all of that time. It's important that I understand that God will keep His promises. God will keep His promises. But God also emphasized, now people don't like for me to emphasize this tonight, but God also emphasized, he, in fact, He talked to Joshua, and He talk, told Joshua, He said, hey, obey my will and everything. I'm paraphrasing all of this. I hope you realize that tonight. It's kind of like telling the story. But He told him, He said, I'm going to be by your side. I'm going to fight your battles for you. I'm going to never forsake you as long as you're obedient to my will. But he said, uh, and he didn't use this term, but I think it would be appropriate for me to say it. He said, I'm going to make you a promise. I'm going to punish disobedience. He said, I'll make you a great nation as long as you carry out my will. But he said, when you depart from me, I will destroy you. I know people don't like to talk about that, but that's what God told them. That's what God told them. The punishment of God, the wrath of God's real. 
Those people needed to know it. God told Joshua they need to know it. Brethren, we need to know it today. We need to know it today. Joshua said, the promises have been great. You've witnessed them. You've been able to see all that God has done, whether by witnessing it with your own eyes or seeing it through the eyes of your ancestors. You've seen what He's done ever since He brought us out of the land of Egypt. And that in itself was enough to prove that God would keep His promises. Now, He said, I'm about to go the way of all of the earth. You've got to make a decision what you're going to do when I'm gone. You've got to, in fact, make a decision what you're going to do right now. But he said, after looking at all the evidence, and again, I'm paraphrasing this, maybe adding a little drama to it as I go along, but he said, after looking at all the evidence, there's no way that I would do anything except serve the Lord. So as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Brethren, when we look at the evidence today, how can we make any other choice than the same that Joshua made? How can we possibly say anything else than, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Yes, the battle had begun. The battle had been long. The battle had been hard. But God had given them the victory God had given them the land. God had kept His promise. You and I are on a journey today. We're in a battle. The battle is long. The battle is hard. But God is standing by our side every day. He will never forsake us. He will lead us to victory if we'll obey His commands. The battle belongs to the Lord. Will I not make the choice tonight to serve the Lord? The story continues. But one day the story's going to end for me and the story's going to end for you in this phase of life. The book of Joshua is a great study is a great study in what my relationship with God ought to look like. Be courageous. Obey the Word. Obey the Word. Be ready. Be ready to do God's will every day. Be ready to make the choice of serving God every day that we arise. If you're here tonight and you've not begun the battle, you are on the journey but if you haven't begun the battle with the Lord by your side, you need to take a serious look at the story. You need to take a serious look at God's Word. You need to take a serious look at God's promises. You need to make a serious choice within your life. I hope tonight, if you're not a Christian, you'll choose to become one. If there's any other way that we can help you, I hope you'll choose to step forward and let us do that as we stand together and as we sing.